You have things to say. Well, I'm going to save it for when it's relevant. When we're in the relevant subject matter that is... Or... Sometimes I text you in an Australian accent and you don't get it. But it's funny to me every time. The other day you said nar at a very weird time. Okay, I was... Okay, listen. You're just not funny like me, so it's fine. But you had said... I said something and you were like... Your answer was, I don't know. And so I was like cracking up because I was like... I don't know. Oh. So I was just mimicking back to you. And you were like, huh? <laughs> I think it's funny how they say, don't know. Don't know. Because don't. Don't. Mm, there's that one podcast I listen to just because I mimic their accents the whole time. I don't actually listen to a single thing they say. That feels, well, they're white. <laughs> white. Like, it feels problematic, but also do you, I'm giving bitch. them listens. Like, I'm giving them listens. I'm giving them interactions. I started a new podcast today. Anything interesting? Um, yeah, it was Katya and Trixie's podcast, which I've been oh, waiting yeah. for them to have their own podcast for a while. Is it new? No, but, like, <laughs> last time I looked for them was, like, a long time ago. Because, you know, I go through phases where, like, I really just don't fuck with podcasts. But I feel like since... Yeah. We've started our own. I've really gotten into podcasts. And I've also realized how many podcasts there are. Like, I assume stats on it. I assumed because I wasn't listening to podcasts that no one was making them or oh listening God, to there them. There are so many podcasts. It's like books. Like, everybody has a podcast and everybody wrote a book. Exactly. Which makes us not special. I have stats on why we're special. Trust me. I bet. I, because I'm not great at praising myself, but when it fits the statistics, then I can give myself. And some you tied leeway. it into weddings. Nor, but today's our tenth episode of extravaganza. It is our tenth episode of extravaganza. I came prepared with nothing about having ten episodes. Well, I knew that you were more prepared <laughs> than me about that. Anyway, okay. So, hi friends. I'm Maya. Hi, I'm Angela. And this is the tenth episode extravaganza. Of Nishities. Of Nishities. In case you don't know where you are, get orientated. Yeah, I actually forgot where I am, which is why I didn't <laughs> of our pod. It's like, we've done it ten times, and yet I forget just the key elements. And this is my favorite burger. Like... <laughs> And this is filling your favorite pod here. Welcome back to Law & Order SVU. <laughs> Welcome back to Guys We Fucked. Ice T's here today. <laughs> Welcome back to Guys We Fucked. All of a sudden, we're, I'm a lesbian. Ew. Who would have thunk? It's Gals We Fucked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, I kind of want to talk about why we're excited that it's our 10th episode. Um, and then a brief... A segue of what pods mean to us. Yeah. Or what why we like pods. Yeah. Or if we don't, you know what I mean? This is true. I feel like I'm about to get outed, but so let's really get it going. Yeah. So I'm Maya, I'm a fat black femme lesbian. My pronouns are she and her. And I identify as a podcast fanatic. Like I listen to at least twenty hours of podcasts a week. Like, minimum. I listen to... I've always listened, at least since I started listening to podcasts, maybe in 2015 or 16. Listen to more podcasts than music. It's just... I love it so much. My favorite story about you listening to podcasts is when you flipped your car two times, like, end over end. And then you were like... (laughs) 
I used the timing in my podcast to figure out how long I was passed out. Yeah. Like, I went back to the part I remember, which yeah. I think is... That's us for you. It, right. Like, in retrospect, that's very funny, but it's, like, very much scary, but yeah. very funny. So, when... That was February 2019. Uh, I was driving back from Chicago because I had gone on vacation in February, and it was the middle of a snowstorm so there had already already been all these issues blah 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 i'm driving from chicago to dubuque it's like two and a half three hours and about an hour away from home i just hit a patch of black ice and i was like my family was to be like you were probably texting you were probably but i know i wasn't texting because i was i remember exactly what the podcast was talking about or i did and yeah i hit black ice swerve swerve went across the center line into the ditch it, like, shot me up into the air, and I went end over end twice Ugh. and landed, like, wheels on the ground. And so... <laughs> Why is that extra funny? Because I just got, like, a visual of your car go poof, 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 and then the ending, poof, and, and everything's, like, fine because yeah. you're on, like... Everything is fine, but the yeah. ceiling was, like, built dead well, like, yeah, like, yeah. everything's definitely not fine, <laughs> but, but, like... like like, my hands are still on the wheel, like, ready to go. Right, like, it's this big, huge event, and then it ends, like, wheels, you know. Yeah. Like the a cat right. on its feet. Exactly. So, right, that happened. Like, the last thing I remember was I tried to, like, write some kind of correct, and there was no way to correct my car. No. And then I woke up, and my podcast was still playing. <laughs> and it was The Friend Zone, because I've been listening to that one for a really long time. And... I, like, reached over my phone and, like, fallen whatever underneath the passenger seat. I reached over, unplugged my phone, and then in the moment, I, like, called 911 or whatever, but, like, days later, I was able to go back, and the podcast was still paused exactly where I had unplugged it when I called 911, and so I was able to, like, be like, okay, there was 35 seconds between the very last thing I remember them saying and me unplugging it to call 911. So... So podcasts are important. They're important. They save lives. Uh, that was traumatic, mostly because I had to like wait in the back of a police car in my bonnet, and that was real degrading. Yeah, I, mm, it was degrading as fuck, my dude. Yeah, and then they took me like a, a truck stop to wait for my grandpa to drive the hour to come pick me up to like take me home or whatever. Did and they just like dump you at the truck stop? Yeah, oh yeah. So God. I like got out of my car. I called number one. Got out of the car. Such public servants. <laughs> we almost a public servant. The two nice teachers who were driving to work that morning. It was like 6.30 in the morning and they, were, they carpooled to work. And they saw me flip my car and like pulled over and had waited for me. So I sat in the back of those nice ladies' car. Oh, that's really sweet. Until the police came and then they had to go to work. So I sat in the, I sat in the back of the fucking cruiser Ugh. until they took me to a truck stop for my grandpa to come get me. Teachers, the real public servants. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I've, I've listened to podcasts since maybe 2015 and always. Like, literally, like, the first thing I listen to when I wake up in the morning, I listen to them at work, when I shower, in the car, when I cook, like, literally constantly. I know you do. So, I'm excited for my Spotify wrapped because I literally got Spotify so I could get the data on how much podcasts I listen to. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, my name's Angela. I am a non-binary person, and my pronouns are they, them. Um, today, I identify as a hater. We'll get into that <laughs> later. 
And I have kind of a new relationship with podcasts. Like, we're very much in the romantic phase. (laughs) I really wasn't into them very much. Me and my best friend would sometimes listen to them, like, when we were on long drives. But I was just kind of like, why would I want to do that when there's music out there? And I can, like, you can't really shake my ass to a podcast. Um, I do. All the time. We... yeah, I never want to shake my ass to a I podcast. I shake my ass mentally, which is to say I'll be having intellectual debates <laughs> in, my, in my head. Um, so then sometime this summer, I started listening to Crime Junkie. And that was like the only thing I really listened to. Like, I wasn't interested in anything else because I was like, I know I like this. I don't want like anything else. And one day Maya and I are at the pool and she says, Hey, I listened to this podcast called You're Wrong About. Wait, is that what really got you? And yes. And you were like, I think you should check it out. And I was like, eh. And I like kind of put it off and I was like, whatever. And then I don't think it was until school started, which might have only been a couple weeks later because it was the end of pool season when you told me about it. But, and I was like, okay, let's like give this a shot. And I started listening to You're Wrong About. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is the only thing I ever want to listen to. I and so I started listening to that, and then, like, I listened to Chelsea Handler's, but I still only listen to, like, yeah, four podcasts. I'm not think, really... But I listen to them constantly now. I listen to them more, <laughs> I think, than music recently. And I also go through phases, and I think that's common, too. It's kind of like how some people go through, like, a TV versus a movie phase, or, like, a YouTube versus a TV phase. Well, as we've discussed, like, so many times before, I am a crotchety middle-aged man who does not want to vary (laughs) in the things that they do so like i like oh you know me like tv shows all the way i don't like to watch movies and then like i coerce angela (laughs) into watching movies constantly and every time i'm so hesitant i'm like i could just go get in bed and watch better things for the seventh (laughs) time like please (laughs) let me do that okay i had a similar foray into podcasts too I only listened to two podcasts, three, I would say. I listened to, the very first one I ever listened to was Guys We Fucked, because mm-hmm. um, the anti-slut shaming podcast, right? Yeah. Comedians talking about sex. They're pretty wild and Comedians. white. Comedians. Comedians. They're pretty wild and white, but eh, I, they're, you know, very- Can I change my identifier? Yeah, always. Wild and white. Period. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, they, even if you don't like what they do, they are very well-known in podcasting. So, Guys We Fucked, I listened to My Favorite Murder because I like how they tell stories. I don't necessarily care so much about true crime. And then The Friend Zone, um, which is like a black culture and mental health kind of podcast. So, I only listened to Guys We, F- Guys we Fucked for a solid two years. Yeah. And then there was a year where I listened to, like, those three. Yeah. And then I think I kind of realized, like... My favorite comedians have podcasts and like all these. Yeah. So, and I also am surprised that like I got you with that wreck because I recommend podcasts constantly. Yeah, but it was you're wrong about. Yeah, and like, it's a good one. It's, I just immediately was like, I'm in love with these two people. <laughs> I never want this to end. Mm-hmm. They're and pretty like, amazing. I just sit there and learn about shit I didn't even know I cared about and then I don't care about. Like, when it's over, I don't give a shit. But then you just have that little file in your brain with that information. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that I can well actually some motherfuckers. And that's all we want. Exactly. So I'm glad that I turned you on a podcast. I'm excited to see how that grows, especially as Yeah, a, and now we're a making a podcast. Or... So, like, anytime you hit me with, like, oh, these people are making a podcast or, yeah. like... 
the, here's a new one. I'm like, all right, I'm a, I'm gonna check it out. Mm-hmm. I can't promise I love it, but I will do say it. I'm subscribed to probably over a hundred podcasts. I listen to like twenty regularly. Like I keep up with about twenty podcasts. God damn! See, I have like. <laughs> Five that I listen to regularly and some that I'm, like, kind of eh about that I'll go back to. Yeah. But, like, if I ever need to look at, like, a real niche topic or, like, something that I just want to fuck around about but I don't want to, like, Google it, mm-hmm. I'll just, like, type it into my Spotify search, which is... Yeah. So I've listened to a lot of random episodes about of podcasts. That's cool. I haven't done so much of that because I get really connected to the hosts and the way they... You know what I mean? I listened to one about a engineering failure where the hosts were miserable but like I was really (laughs) interested in the subject of like the engineering failure and how like all the things that had to go wrong for this bridge to fall on all these people oh yeah we've got to find you like more you're wrong about right these interesting niche topics but like not with like the miserable drivel of like we're just straight white men yeah we're just like academics trying who are tired of putting things on research gate like <laughs> yeah. where they don't have like the personality or the whatever whatever yeah the charisma the chutzpah i'm just chutzpah. okay okay you are a fan of jewish culture i thought you would appreciate I that i am a fan of jewish culture <laughs> i've never heard it come out of your mouth but i'm i'll be knowing <laughs> not much i saw that one jewish movie that one time i watched the nanny <laughs> <laughs> My friend Elizabeth is Jewish. She be telling me some stuff. I be watching her Instagram story. Uh-huh. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, girl. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about podcasting. So something when we first started that I told Angela, I had seen a statistic that said um, the majority of podcasts don't get to episode 10. I saw an interesting statistic recently that yeah. I wanted to bring to your attention. Please do. Um, supposedly it takes more water to wash dishes by hand than it does to run your dishwasher more often. I believe that. Really? I was surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, it might be like my not maternal mom. You know what I mean? Who was like, why would you rinse a dish when we own a dishwasher? She would be like, if the dish comes out. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to rinse it before you put it in there. I agree that too. Well then, if you're going to rinse it. And you know what I mean? It it adds to the, is it actually the amount of water being used if you're going to rinse it? Because she is someone who's like, don't rinse it, put it in the dishwasher. If it comes out dirty, put it in the dishwasher for another cycle, essentially. Like she, I think if given the option and it wasn't like a crock pot, you know what I mean? Would just stick everything in the dishwasher. I think like a nice rinse is different than like, I put it in the sink, leave the water on, I'm like yes. scratching it up, like hand washing it, you yes. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know. I'm a big fan of the dishwasher. My, but I do rinse on how I was raised was you put that hoe in the dishwasher damn near clean. Okay. There's really barely even a reason for the dishwasher. Oh. However, yeah, put it in there clean. I think. And so I have to fight that tendency <laughs> as an adult. I'm like, ah, it can be a little bit dirty. Yeah. I also put like everything in the dishwasher that can go in there. Like, if it's not a cast iron pan, it's going in the fucking dishwasher. Well, yeah, and you know me. I use the dishwasher as storage, so... Angela! <laughs> One day I came home, and I had, like, what, made cookies or something the night before, so I had, And I had left the house in a rush, so the baking sheet was still on the stove. Like, not normal, not, like, out of the norm, like, not a big deal. I get home, and I opened up the dishwasher, and the baking sheet was in the dishwasher. So I just was like, 
okay, thanks, you know, whatever for moving it. But I was like, I don't usually put them in the dishwasher. I'll just wait until I have time to wash them by hand because they're, I don't know why. I don't know if that's actually based on any fact that you shouldn't. No, put it's your, not. You should put your, I think essentially you that, put like, your pans in the dishwasher. Right. It's my, not a big deal. My brain says don't put pots and pans and in I the dishwasher. And I think that's why, like, the statistic of, like, hand washing was interesting to me because yeah. we hand wash all our pans. Pots and pans, And that's I was like, true. should we throw them hose in the dishwasher? So, we haven't gotten to the kicker. So, I open up the, <laughs> the dishwasher. And I'm like, oh, thanks for doing that, Angela. But, like, I just usually wash with my hand. Not, literally not deep. It was not beef at all. Then Angela goes, oh, yeah, I also usually do that. I was tired of looking at it, so I put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> but I didn't want to wash it. I wasn't ready. It's the way that, like, Angela's brain thinks of things that I truly, like, you could have been, like, here's a thousand million dollars if you can think of something like like that, like that creative, another way to do it, and I would never have gotten to that. Like the way I organize the dishes? We have oh. orange and pink plates, and I every other one them. Like, when I empty the dishwasher, it's like... Orange, pink, orange, pink, orange, pink. And I picked that shit up and put it in the cabinet and closed the cabinet. Exactly. And Maya saw me reorganizing them one day after she had, like, emptied the dishwasher. She was like, you do that? And I was like, you don't? But, I like, obviously I knew she didn't, I guess. Because every like, day you're like, oh, my God. It goes pink, pink, orange, orange, pink, pink. That's not how it goes. It's not. But you know what? <laughs> I guess for now I'm going to have to. I'm trying I'm to work on it. it. Me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I know. But me and me my. We are fine. We are, but, like, me <laughs> and my bestie had a conversation recently where it's, like, we have to let some things go because, like, cleanliness is not godliness. And, like, true. sometimes our expectations are a little bit unreasonable for other people. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially because you are, you very much value cleaning both, like, as a task and in the way you live. Yeah. And not everyone values values it to the same extent that you do, or in the same way. No, and that's why I'm usually willing to like do all the things that I want cleaned in any space because right. I'm like, listen, I get it. This is my thing. Because if you were like Maya, lint roll the cupboards, I would be like politely <laughs> go to fucking hell. Right. Politely go to hell. Whereas that's something that I require, <laughs> and I do wipe down our cupboards all the fucking time because they're white and they get gross. I'm cracking. How do we get to the? How do we get to dishwashers? I don't know. You got a fun Oh, it's statistics. statistics. Okay, go well, back to your statistics. <laughs> okay, so statistics about podcasts. So um, I was doing a little bit of research. There's a lot of statistics about, like, um, podcast listeners. But we don't give a fuck about y'all. Um, this no, is, this is about us. This, this is, is our 10th episode spectacular. <laughs> like, we don't want to hear shit from you. This is our endeavor. Y'all are just along for the ride. So um, some general things. Uh, as of... This article was updated in August, I believe, 2021. There were 2 million active podcasts with a total of over 48 million episodes. 2 million and one now. Per. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so if you had to guess, so if there are 2 million active podcasts in 2021. Yeah. How many active podcasts do you, do you think there were just three years ago in 2018? I'm going to say 950,000. 500,000. Oh, wow. So that means that um, podcasting, podcasting has had a 400% growth rate in three years. How many of those podcasts do you think own mics? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all let us know. <laughs> I feel like probably not that many because if fucking millions of people are doing it, 
Well, actually, I did see an article at the beginning of the pandemic pandemic that was like, all these bitches are ordering microphones on Amazon to start their own podcast. How many of those do you think lasted? They are probably at episode seven, crying in the dark. I think even if this doesn't last, that this was Why like... would you ever say that? You're right. Um, But I think... Okay, it maybe will end someday, right? I don't know. If even if it ends in a good way, and we're still writing partners in the best way, just like marriage, when it ends <laughs> in the best way possible, and we're famous writing partners. All right. Until I can't speak no more. So who knows? I hope they. I don't know. I think we're doing better than them. I have no proof, but I have a vibe. I do uh, too. And even if we're not, that's what we're going to tell ourselves. Exactly. So a little bit of information about listeners. So. 75% of podcast listeners say they do it to learn about new things or, like, stay connected or whatever. So, we're fucking in there. Like, swimwear. Mm, 35% of people who say they don't listen to podcasts say that that's because they don't know where to find them. Oh, really? So, I think that is interesting as well because you, if you own an iPhone, there's literally a little purple app that says what to do with that. <laughs> that's true. And most people have somewhere they listen to music in... The, I would say the major places where you can find music, you can also find podcasts. I guess that's fine, but you have to, like, actively look for them. Like, when I was on Spotify listening to Nothing that's But true. Music a year ago, like, not once was a podcast recommended to me. I would have had to, like, go to genres, go to podcasts, yeah. and then, like... So, I feel... That's true. And I feel like in this, like... Or if in you just this don't day know and age, people just want things to slap them in the face. Well... Wasn't it? I feel. I feel like maybe that, but also maybe people just like didn't really know what it was, so they didn't feel inclined to click on it. Because I know that if I'm, I'm also a loser, and I listen like comedy albums, whatever. So I'll type in someone's name into my Spotify search, and like instead of clicking on the genre, it'll be like, here's a music, here's a music, here's a here's a music that Kelly Clarkson has made. Here's three podcasts Kelly Clarkson has been on. You know what I mean? And then I think that's kind of how I also started finding it. Huh, that's interesting. I feel like that's not what comes up immediately when I search an artist. Maybe none of my artists have been on podcasts. I think it also, yeah, it depends on who you're looking up and stuff. I look up comedians too because I listen to their albums. Right, which yeah. makes more sense that it would be popping up as. Yeah. And then also just like within podcasters talking about other podcasters. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. So it gets, it gets deep. Um, okay. What else do we have? It's a lot of shit about downloads. I could not give less fucks about downloads. I agree. Like, it's not download us, but anybody so, else, we don't care. <laughs> downloads apparently are, are important for, like, making money, but it takes forever to make money on a podcast, and I'm also not doing this to make money, clearly. <laughs> um, So I'm truly not stressed about downloads until someone's trying to sponsor us, and when they do that, I'm writing that motherfucking contract. Because y'all not pulling the wool over these eyes. I know. The I would trust you to write the contract. You're the reason I read our lease. Because Cause you read it. They be bamboozing on us. <laughs> so lots of stuff about downloads, but this is the statistic that kind of we started this podcast with, was that 64% of podcasts do not have more than 10 episodes. Um, uh, but not us, bitches. We're in that 36%. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. That's super exciting. Um, This... <laughs> segway. Yeah. Clean segue. Um, because I didn't take my ADD meds today and then I did a lot of podcast work at, at my place of work. Who are we kidding? Um, if you're my employer and you made it through me talking about like my sexual escapades, like maybe I deserve to get fired. 
So last week you mentioned someone in high school told you that they gave a girl E. coli from anal to vaginal sex. Yes! What did and you find I out about that? I told you in the pod, I told you nor. And I was like, I actually don't fucking know if that's true. So that doing anal sex into vaginal sex cannot necessarily give you E. coli in the way that like eating e- Chipotle would give you E. coli because you're not ingesting it. But it is likely to give you a UTI. Okay. So it's just a bacteria. Right. But it could be E. coli bacteria. Right. So, I mean, for, like, the understanding that a high schooler has, knowing the high school sex education we got, they were not wrong. Right. And so I apologize for my error. Yeah. You know? Figure it out. Next time I, you want to speak on STDs? Don't. Check with the fucking pro sitting right across from him. I don't even have a UTI, so leave me alone. Anymore? <laughs> what's it been six hours bitch ew since you ate a cranberry ew (laughs) it's okay it happens to the best of us I mean not me others I mean not me because I'm in in cell but I didn't get a UTI because I was having wild I didn't say because a wild sex but you do be having things that end in I and that's okay we all do I cannot fucking stand you. <laughs> That's my eye today. Okay, well, about two podcasts ago, you were a heck of proud. So I'm just, you know what I mean? Cool, so let's jump in. <laughs> um, Welcome back to episode 10. We're glad you're here, essentially. And today, we're fucking talking about weddings. We're talking about weddings, and we've been talking about doing this episode since before we started our podcast. Since before there was even like a real concept of a podcast. Yeah. And by that we mean episode three. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where the podcast starts. So, uh, do you want to tell the pod kind of a brief overview of why we're talking about weddings today? Yeah. So, Maya and I were in... Tracked. <laughs> <laughs> We were partaking in weddings at around the same time, at the exact same time, pretty much. And it just, we kept coming back to, oh my fucking God, why are these people asking so much of us? Who is letting them get, we can't keep letting them get away with this. We can't, like truly that line came up so many times, like we cannot keep letting married people get away with this because they're asking so much and like. And for what? It's just like the weddings are like. The embodiment of, like, I'm going to make this my whole personality and everybody else's problem. <laughs> like, stop making it my problem that you decided to get married. Yeah. And I want to preface this and let you all know that, like, I'm walking into this episode completely 100,000, 10% biased. Drink a haterade. I, I drank so much haterade. I do <laughs> not like weddings. I think they're a sham. That's not to say I don't believe in marriage, but I think... That weddings mm-hmm. are just not... They're, they're not giving what they're supposed to give, which is love. Exactly. They're not giving real love and affection to yeah. me. So, we... Right, we're kind of running into these. Just, like, not understanding... Because I think there's this weird cultural disconnect between, like... You have to do a wedding and you have to do it in a specific way, you know, denoted by your culture... And then everybody else has to go along with whatever you ask. You're essentially like the concept of Bridezilla's. The fact that there's like there was a show called was that a show called Bridezilla's? Fuck TLC. They always focused on people's worst <laughs> traits and like worst parts of people's lives. But the fact that there was even a show about it um, is very much like 
it's a necessary evil for people to be married and then it's a necessary evil because don't you at some point want to be married go along with the wildness right so that they will eventually go along with your wildness and it's like well i don't plan on being wild and even yeah. if yeah i just mm-mm. so that's just kind of where we're going into this um angela has big hater vibes and you know we'll, we'll get to that i do have big hater vibes <laughs> and i think i have Mm, skeptical vibes. I don't know if I hate the idea of a wedding, but I hate the way that we think about what I hate the way that we like traditionally think about weddings. Like that it's a that's mandatory. Weddings are literally optional, and I think that's kind of what I'm going into this with. Yeah, and I also I come from a family of like married at the courthouse, quick and dirty. Like oh, I'm so excited to tell you about my family. There was no big production. There was no any of that, and. Yeah. Almost everyone in my family is still married. And, yeah. you know, I just think the whole concept seems embarrassing and it's not for me. But my mm-hmm. family also doesn't do, like, funerals and, like, big parties and, like, graduation parties even. So, like, you know, what do I know? And it is literally tied directly into culture and, unfortunately, yeah. the way that it has been. Ing- it's a yeah political governmental thing. Well, and I know? feel like growing up, I was always, like looking at my family and the way they would talk about weddings and other people's weddings specifically, I was always like, you're a hater. Like, stop <laughs> being a hater. Yeah. I bought into the, like, oh, I'm a little person with a vagina. I should be dreaming about my wedding. You I know? have a vagina, so I must dream about the day that someone sells me for three chickens. Exactly. And, like, <laughs> I'm going to be in a big princess dress and, like, it seems fun. Why are you being a hater? A super romanticized. And the one and line... S- yeah. Sold to you. The one line I remember them saying is, like, nobody but your immediate family cares to see you get married. Honestly. And I was like, that's haterish. And now that I'm older, I'm like, no 300 people want to see you get married. No 300 people want to be there for the ceremony. I'm sorry. Definitely not the ceremony. No. Because, like, there are plenty of people that I'm... would I would go to their weddings because I would enjoy, like, essentially celebrating with them. That celebration right. Absolutely. But do I necessarily, like... I don't even know. If, I feel like I don't even deserve maybe to be privy to some of those, like, if you're bearing your soul, if that's what you're doing for, like, your vows and stuff. If I'm the 299th person on the list, why would I really be there for that part? Exactly, which is why the whole thing to me just gives show. Yes. So, haters from the start. Um, I'm very excited. So, we're doing a two-parter. I don't know if we fucking mentioned that. We're talking about weddings because Angela and I both have a lot to say. So, we are essentially going to be talking about it for two episodes. This first one, I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, a little bit of historical and current cultural context for weddings because you can't talk about weddings without talking about their cultural significance and their history, like where it comes from. And then Angela did a great job talking to people. I talked to people about their weddings and I initially went into it and wanted to talk to people about their weddings, but I also found that I became really interested in weddings that people were in. Yeah. Um, so I also talked to people that were just in weddings and participated and I wanted to see how that went. So, yeah. yes. Um, oh, and neither of us are married. Um, y'all and neither, n- neither of us are even like close to I'm getting married. So, if I get married anytime soon, like that, something's wrong. Yeah. Something went drastically wrong if I get married in even the next three years. Me too. And I'm really <laughs> excited to talk about our wedding fantasies yeah. because I can't wait to tell you about all the times like I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine like you ever thinking. wanting to be in a princess dress. And yeah. that'll be in um, next week's episode, and we'll get there. So, okay, talking about culture. So, because I'm going to do kind of a, a brief overview of different aspects of the world, there's obviously not enough time to do a deep dive into every culture's historical significance of every aspect of um their, like, wedding traditions. But I do think it's important to kind of go into this not saying, like, well, I talked about Ghana and Nigeria, but not Mozambique. And why the fuck do I hate Mozambicans? You know what I mean? I'm going to time during editing how long we spend on disclaimers. <laughs> I feel like this episode is just like a lot of disclaimers. It like, is a lot of disclaimers. But I also feel like I talk like that a lot because yeah. I don't want people to get the wrong fucking idea. Because- well, yeah, and I'm just sitting here like, that's right. Tell me how you're going to fuck me, daddy. Like I'm actually dying. But, yes, I use a lot of disclaimers kind of all the time, though. Because I'm like, like, if you misunderstand me, that's on you. I agree. <laughs> and, like, I told you what it was, so. Yes, that comes from that office culture, cover your ass. I'm yeah. going to say it and so that you know exactly what the fuck it means. But, yes, um, especially because when I was doing the research, like, there would be parts I was interested in. Maybe I saw something about Mozambique, but I'm like, I got six other continents to get to. Bro, I was everywhere on this. I was exactly. like, I want to talk about all aspects of wedding because yes. I'm mad at all of it. And even maybe it's not a disclaimer, but like priming you and priming our audience for how to, that's my teacher. Lubing for, our ears. Fuck right off, Angela. Ew, 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 ew. Yes. To lube you up. I know. Um, I was like, I feel like I'm at the beginning of a I'm lecture. Gonna, you know what I mean? Get you ready. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, to prime you so that you know how to, you're better able to process what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Period. Instead of getting stuck on like, y'all forgot about Madagascar. I know that Madagascar (laughs) exists. So, okay. The aspects that I kind of focused on broadly generalized to were African culture, and we get more specific in two countries, American wedding culture, Asian wedding culture, both North and South. Um... Native, so Native and Indigenous wedding culture, and then Black American wedding culture. Amazing. So we're going to hit a little bit of each of it. And I want us to kind of think about what are these overarching themes. Because a lot of these, I'm like, yes, the way they do it, like this person, this country, it symbolizes virginity in red, and that country symbolizes virginity in purple. We're still talking about fucking virginity. And so it... Of course, the cultural aspect matters, but at this point, because I'm ragging on weddings, I'm not ragging on culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, let's start with Black American culture. Um, This is something I think is really interesting because when we get into some of these other locations, ethnicities, and continents, they have this long, centuries-long history, and Black Americans literally don't have a centuries-long history. Um... Maybe like three. I don't fucking know when. I don't know. Slavery started a long time ago, but not that long. You know? So, um, it's important to remember that, like, enslaved people couldn't legally marry or that their marriage didn't hold the weight that we put on marriage today. Right? There weren't any bank accounts to join or whatever. It was very much in that instance for, for, like, love and community and unity. To, like, join you when nothing else is joining you, you know? As opposed to, like, doing it for tax benefits. Yeah. You know? Or as opposed to doing it for, like, a dowry, which we'll get into a lot of different places had a dowry, um, which is right when 
your parents or whoever owns the woman is given money for that woman's existence, essentially. So enslaved people in the United States, what were they, you know, what property did they have to trade for each other? Like they were already being traded, you know, didn't need to bring that home. And no matter if they were married or not, their bosses certainly weren't giving them health insurance. So <laughs> Dental, non-existent. So, right. So something that comes from Black American wedding culture is crossing sticks. It's a lot of stick imagery in Black American wedding culture, at least historically. So crossing sticks, um, so like during vows, the couple would cross two sticks representing unity and power. So a lot of this is like obviously symbolic. You're doing something to show that you're joining. That can also be tied to jumping the broom. Do you know what jumping the broom is? You and I talked about this. Yes. And I think the extent of our conversation was it was something that black Americans did. Yeah. Because there was, they didn't have like a threshold to cross. Is that what I'm? So that's kind of how I learned it. Is that like instead of like carrying your bride across the threshold of a house. Yeah. You jump the broom. But when I looked into it, there really is zero reasoning. No one has any idea. Cool. Um, Some people say it came from like specific countries in Africa. Some people say it came from Europeans and then was brought by colonizers and imposed on enslaved people. There really is no saying, but essentially at the end of the ceremony, the couple would jump over a broomstick or a, just a stick, like a long stick. Yeah. Cause and I, then, like, I think we talked about it because I was at a wedding where they jumped yeah. a broom. Yeah. Which I think sounds really nice. Yeah. And I it just, was a gay wedding. So yeah. it was like really great. I just think it sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, especially cause it's, that's truly right. Tied to community and unity as opposed to like purity or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Or money or power. Right. It's truly just like we're together. Even, and so another common thing I found that, um, so there's till death do us part, I think is what, um, we all associate with weddings. Um, there's this, I don't know if it was like actually said, but I found it in a, um, a couple places that enslaved marriages were till death or distance. Oh. Yeah. So until they killed you or they separated you because you had no control. Like you got married because, you know, you want whatever for community and unity, but you had no power to stay together. It's not like the military where you can be like, hey, my 18 year old wife is coming with me. Exactly. No, no, no. We're a unit. They're like, we don't care. They were like, don't you get it? No, no, no. We're going to eat you. Like, I don't know what you're not understanding. So... Yes, and then when we get kind of into more modern day Black American culture of weddings, um, I'm going to include like the Divine Nine, obviously, in historically Black fraternities and sororities, and like strolling, and then like um, even if your fraternity brothers or sorority sisters aren't in your wedding party, like if they all dress in your colors or whatever, it's just like it's so nice to see. There was this. Is Delta. that why your dad picked blue? The, mm-hmm. My parents' wedding colors were royal blue and white. Uh-huh. And I never really questioned it until maybe like a year or two ago. And I asked my mom, like, my mom... Really? As soon as you told me your parents' wedding colors, I was like, oh, that was for Ernest. I, like, literally had never thought about it. And then I was like, my mom doesn't even like blue like that. And I asked her, and she was like, that was all your dad. It's yeah. 100% for his fraternity. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's a Sigma. That's my frat. And, right. So even in ways like that where he wasn't even necessarily super active in his frat at that time honoring the ways that we still have community yeah Mm -hmm. so yes and there was this um and that's really beautiful i know it makes me happy 
there was this um delta who i went to college with who got married she got married on the same day that um bowling green where i went to college their homecoming was this year and so i was looking at people's homecoming stories like i was just like not seeing the usual suspects and then i like keep looking through instagram stories and then i just see every delta i've ever met like decked out in red strolling and shaking their ass behind the bride like the bride strolling in her wedding dress and i was just like Ah, oh, that's my heart really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It made me happy. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a little bit of you know black American. I don't culture. hate all wedding things. I love a real show of community and culture. Right, and there are probably plenty of parts that were for show. Exactly. There are probably plenty of parts of that wedding that sucked. Yes. Okay. So moving to African um, wedding culture, I went to my first African wedding. My cousin got married to a Ghanaian woman just like a month or two ago. And so they had a traditional Ghanaian wedding, which we'll talk about. She um, did Angela's interview questions. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but she said that she did the Ghanaian wedding for my white family. She didn't, she did not give a fuck about wanting a Ghanaian wedding. Okay. I think you used the words like traditional or something in there. Yes. And I didn't know which one. I still was confused about which wedding we were referring to. And I thought... You meant the white wedding was for your family. No. So, yeah, I think I was, I was like, typing while you were on the phone. Yeah, yeah, So, apologies. But, yeah, so she didn't necessarily want a Ghanaian wedding, but wanted to connect my white side of the family to her family, extended-wise, which is why she had a Ghanaian wedding. Which Amazing. I was, which I was like, you did it for them? You did it for them? That was like, that's so nice. Because for what? I'm like, but because so, for... Midwestern, like, never really been exposed to much culture at all, and now they're, like, in traditional Ghanaian garb, surrounded by 400 Africans. <laughs> but I think that's amazing. It was very nice. I'm, I had an amazing time. I'm glad she did it, but, yeah. I don't ever want to do shit for anybody ever. So, <laughs> to me, I was like, that's huge. Yeah, but I don't even know that necessarily it was, like, for them in, like, a you'll yes. enjoy this way. It was, like, a am showing you who I am. Right. Like, bringing someone into your life. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. coming into your family. I want you to know who I am through and through. This is how I can do that. That makes sense. Yeah, that's true. You know? Thank you for reframing that. Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, you yeah. just really have some hate or rave goggles on it. Well, I love those. <laughs> Well, I'm also like, do things for my family. Have you ever thought they, for a no, but also she's married to a different part of my family. So I can't even shit on them like that. So some interesting things that I, yeah, I would like to know, that's where we start the theme of doing things for your family. Okay. So some interesting things that I saw at that wedding and that I saw in my research were like the knocking on the door, which is a Ghanaian thing called, traditionally, kokuku, kokuko. Anyway. Um, I'm trying, that was, you know, done with the utmost respect. So, essentially, the groom knocks on the door to the ceremony to say, like, do I have permission to enter? Do I have permission to enter your family? And then the the bride's family, like, discusses, and then they say, like, only if you bring gifts. So, he comes up with gifts. And my cousin, Sarah, she's technically my cousin-in-law. She married my, she married my cousin, but... I talked to her more than him. So, my cousin, Sarah's, was very cute. They had, like, suitcases and all the groomsmen brought in suitcases and then her family had to say this is oh no this is too many gifts it was really nice yeah you were telling me about that and Mm -hmm. i thought that sounded really cute and really amazing and then it gets kind of into the dowry part of like okay now give me money and at one point people just like were going up and giving the people money like 
for her. Like, here's money for her. That was a, a little... for. I don't know how to word it. A tough pill to swallow. Not in that, like, I dislike it. But that I'm like, we're... Because, like, literally they were not buying her. But we are being very literal in the dowry aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I can kind of suspend my disbelief for, like, gifts. Like, empty suitcases. But, like, Right, and, like, for, like, the show of it all. But a literal envelope of cash really took me out of the illusion. Yeah. I was like... Oh, no. But then, like, literally, she was like, yeah, I had to go to the bank that morning to get the cash to to buy my own hand. And, you know what I mean? It still was for show. But literal. It was very literal. So. Right. Um, but, yeah. And then they um, had, like, fake brides, which is when they brought out different, I think it was people in her family, like, younger girls. And they put the veils on their face. And then her groom had to be, like, lift the veil and be like, this is not the right one. And then that one would leave. And he lifted the veil and be like, that's not the right one either. And then that girl would leave. And then he lifted up Sarah's veil. And he was like, that's the one. My poor sweet cousin, he's so awkward. That's he really did a really good job, cute, though. though. Oh, he did all that for her. That's he really amazing. did. Mm-hmm. I know. I was like, I know he's so awkward and would love to I, just be at home. I know. <laughs> like, he seems like a very just, like, quiet, reserved man who, like, even a traditional, like, American yeah. wedding would really put him out. Well, at the American so, wedding, like, <laughs> I was like, do you want my TikTok? And he was like, no. <laughs> like, he was, like, that is his, that's the culture he's been raised in. And he was still like, get me out. I know. So I can only imagine how. I know. And that's, that's love. Yeah. So, like. Be it's an, amazing. And be I an introvert on display. Yeah. And mm-hmm. had he had any other response, I would have been like, why are you marrying that woman? And Stop marrying do, that woman. Which is weird. Exactly. Um, there's a thing like the money dance, which is when you just shower the couple with money to like bring them luck and prosperity. That's amazing. Keep that part. Yes, and run it up. <laughs> so that's very common in Yoruba and Igbo cultures, which are part of Nigeria. Um, did you know that Nigeria is the largest country in Africa? No. Maybe it's population-wise. Anyway, we'll factor that next week. It's a huge country, and which is why I wanted to specify the Yoruba and Igbo tribes. Because mm-hmm. even though we think of them as one country, within the country, they're like, I'm, we are not the same. So, to acknowledge that. Mm, and then there's like this. It's cr- like mm-hmm. Kansas and our Kansas. <laughs> we are not the same. We are not the same. And so then I also found that there's this Christian tradition because... The, a lot of Africa was co- colonized by, like, Christian mm-hmm. settlers or whatever. Where the bride kneels in front of the husband in submission. And literally, like, the heading of that article I read was, like, showing submission. So we're getting into, you know, some power dynamic stuff. I did not see that at the African wedding I went to. And obviously not all weddings are the same, but you know what I mean. Um, and then Congolese weddings, traditionally, you don't smile or laugh at all on the day of. Because it shows you're not serious about your marriage. Now, modern day, that's not super realistic, but that is the traditional or, like, historical. No cracking, no fucking jokes. Imagine, like, wedding night. (laughs) Like, that's supposed to be your first fuck, and you're just like... Like, this is good. Well, I guess it is your first fuck, so, like, mm. Mm -hmm. you're probably going to keep a straight face anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, mm, it's not fun. It's not a laughing matter. It's not for jokes. You gotta have coof. It's for coof, coof it up. Or uh, okay, we're gonna move into uh, um some of the 
Asian traditions. So I specifically kind of focus a little bit more on like Middle Eastern going into Southeast Asia and India um, cultural practices and then more Northern practices like China. Um, so I think we all kind of think of like henna, which I always attributed to India, but is like far more widespread, especially within the Middle East. Yeah. So think like India, even like Kenya and Tanzania, um, other parts like um, of Eastern Africa mm-hmm. participate in that as well. And so they all do it a little bit differently as far as like the patterns of the henna. Yeah. Um, but it all comes right from the same. Have you had a shrub? Yes. It's a shrub. I don't know. I guess I didn't know what I thought it was, but it's a shrub. That's amazing. But they're like mash, mash, mash. Yeah. Mash, mash. And then they paint with it. I don't know why I thought it was like a flower. It's just like you remember when people were real bored over quarantine and started like naturally dying things. <laughs> it's like that, yes. but with your skin. Yeah. And yeah. so some places. I guess is henna traditionally only for weddings? So it depends. So there are other places where it's more of like a celebratory act. So you would do it at any kind of celebration. And then it also can be like. Like um, face painting. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> right? It is art on your body for fun. Yeah. 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 I know that was wild. It is wild, but I can't think of a reason to cancel you for it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, certain different cultures will do it for different purposes. And then there's also that if it's your culture, you're more likely to wear it as like an accessory. Like if right. you were part of that culture and you were like, it's a Thursday, I want to do a cute whatever henna on one hand. You okay. can just do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so, it also can be expanded. Um, there was a place I talked about Yemen Jewish bridal henna, which I was like, there are Jews in Yemen that do henna? Like, that's just, like, three words I would have never put in the same sentence. So, Maya, isn't Yemen in the Middle East? Yeah, it's, like, below Saudi Arabia. Maya, isn't that where, like, Judaism and all the religions? I guess that's a little phobic of me for thinking that the Jews are all white. But I just, yeah, maybe my head immediately went to, like, there are no Jews there. But then I was like, I guess there are Jews there. Jesus was a Jew and he was brown. In so the church say, I work at, they have a black Jesus mural. If I'm ever going to see a Jesus, he better be brown. Yeah. Don't put your pasty Jesus in my face. Keep, yeah. You can keep pasty Jesus. They have a black Jesus that's, like, painted by, it looks like children. It's, I'm going to take a picture of it. That's so funny. It's pretty cool. So, Yemen Jewish bridal henna can take up to five days. So, that is, right, that part of their culture. Whereas, um, like, in more Indian or other similar areas in Southeast Asia, it is done, like, the day or a couple days before the wedding. And it just takes, like, half a day or whatever to do the hands and the feet. Okay. And it's not a whole process. And those process. are the primary parts of the body that you want to do. Yep. Hands okay. and feet. Yeah. And then it's not a whole process because other places do like a whole pampering thing, which I think is nice because that's like a yeah. bonding with the bride or whatever. Um, it's more of like definitely like a ritual. Yes. Than like you need this done. Exactly. A ritual. It's like a do bonding ritual. Do they get married ritual. barefoot? I don't know. I know that there are some, there are like some accessories I've seen from like Middle Eastern or maybe Indian culture where it's like a... Is there a word showing that I don't know? Foot jewelry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just meant more like the bottom of the feet or like feet mostly open, no shoes. So that yeah. You could I would see the henna. I would I think it would assume. be a sandal or just like barefoot with a foot jewelry. I don't think you'd probably put on an Ugg. That'd probably. 
<laughs> where bride is bedazzled in the back and there are three bows you, like the bride with this like her just gorgeous bridal sorry they didn't buy and like then... a betsy johnson bridal collection shoe <laughs> i didn't go to von mar exactly yeah, so okay. well, i don't know exactly what footwear they wear that'd be interesting to know um okay so then we're gonna move to china within asia and um <laughs> what that's what was wrong with that? Nothing. In, in my Asia. head, I almost just went, China. It's like, like, I don't know why. <laughs> Pull out the pink Lamborghini. <laughs> just just like, the China. <laughs> I like that because she rhymes China with China five times. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. But like different China. So in China, all their weddings are Nicki Minaj themed. Um, they was, pledge allegiance to the flag. That was a joke. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm apologizing both to the Chinese and to not don't apologize to Nicki Minaj. I was gonna say, do they have a name? They have a name, right? Monsters. No, that's Lady Gaga. Barbs. 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 Don't apologize to the Barbs. They're, what if they dox those angels? She's married to a racist. That's rapist. actually so true. Yeah. No apologies for y'all. You're yeah. right, Angela. Thank you. So it was really actually hard to find stuff um on Chinese wedding culture. Not that it doesn't exist, but that a lot of people were like. China was one of the first places to really become internationalized and take on West, Western cultural values. Mm. So a lot of things like the symbolism or the colors, like red symbolizing luck and joy and happiness, those things have carried over, but it's also very common to like exchange wedding rings, which is a Western thing. Right. As opposed to how it was done a long time ago before America pushed their ideals on everyone. I always think of America as east of China. So every time we say Western. You do? I do. Because like in my head when I move over. I guess where does the globe, where does the globe start? When you imagine a globe, like just as a circle, what is the front of the face of that globe? Like where, are you just looking at the Atlantic? O- no. The Pacific Ocean? Like when you picture a globe, it's just like you're. No, your but when I've are- turned it to look at China, at that point, America's. I guess in my head, I only ever turn it one way. So I'm turning it to the right, getting more west. You know what I mean? To the right, to the right. I'm fucking dying. Because to me, I only turn the earth one way. And if I'm turning it right to left, Europe is going around my right hand. I just smack that bitch, and wherever it lands, it lands. I have a globe in my <laughs> in my room. We'll have to pull it out later. But yes, Western ideals, and also it. There, I saw this fun quote. There's no such such thing as upside down map. Because right, maps in cartography is very politicized, and very much like the United States is in the middle of the map or whatever. Um, but there's no such thing as upside down map. Like there's no way to like look at the world and be like, no, it's actually supposed to be flipped or whatever, whatever. Wait, so how are you going to be like, what way do you look at a globe, Angela? Well, because we all have like a natural inclination from the way that we grew up looking at maps. Like we're like, have you done geographical self work? I feel like I'm often on that side of the globe when I'm looking at the globe. Interesting. Like looking at the Asian countries. You know how I feel about Latin America. Yeah. Like, we know where zoink. you're at. Yeah. Like zoink. Okay. To Latin yeah, America, and then it's Western. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So China. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it is blended with Western culture. I will um, say that a lot of it I've read was tied to connecting ancestral lines. I'm gonna work really hard to not reference Mulan. Um, 
really connected to ancestral lines and creating alliances between families. So connecting families as opposed to trading off bitches, you know? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so nice. That's so like, much nicer than together. like, let me buy your bitch. Because she's worthless to you. Mm-hmm. But they're like, but together she can be worthless to both of us. And it's like, put her out in the yard and make her do some work. Why is she worthless? She could be worthless in making your money. Like, why do we have to ship her off? You know what I mean? So as far as this, there was this nice quote I found by... Amberly Chirola and Ellen Wang that is quote like China itself Chinese weddings are a blend of western influence and traditional customs many of these characteristics such as the predominant use of red are unique to Chinese ceremonies and maybe mysterious to westerners but if you look deeper you will find roots in traditional culture that go back for thousands of years especially because I feel like they do have such a well documented and rich historical past where they are tied to these similar cultural practices that they've been doing for thousands of years. Whereas opposed to like black Americans and even just all Americans, we don't have that deep of a cultural history to pull from. Right. You know what I mean? We've learned our cultural history is bridezillas and say yes to the dress. Literally. It was like Christopher Columbus, a shit ton of slavery, you know, and native genocide TLC. Like, yeah. They were like, what, what's, what are you not getting? Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really nice as well. And then the last one we're going to talk about, because I, I think we're going to get to the European and the American ones when we talk about how we view weddings. We're going to focus <laughs> on Native and Indigenous cultures and weddings. Now, which is the cultural aspect of weddings I have no idea about. It, when I'm, I'll say with all of this, it was honestly very, very hard to find information about the historical and cultural context. Because whenever I the Google things, it was like, brass.com. Prepareforyourwedding.com, planningwedding.com. Those were wedding. my favorite sources, and I have so many of them cited. Well, they would be like, for the, part two? They'd be like, all oh, the natives do it exactly this way because they're so native. And I'd be like, Ew. well, yeah, I also wasn't looking for deep, meaningful, I was historical. Like, Who are you to say? A fucking Bridget writing for brides.com. <laughs> Bridget, who wrote five articles on every fucking nationalities wedding cultures on the same day bridget who goes ahead and tells their significant other i'm part native literally and it's like okay bridget so i i had to dig but i did find some reputable written by native sources um and so i will give i'm only going to speak about the culture tied to a specific tribe and this is within north american native culture okay um Especially because at this point they're so spread out and that, you know, giant genocide, obviously. Um, we can't, obviously, they're not, they're not a monolith. And even if we tried, we couldn't because we killed them all. So. Yeah. Um, to start, uh, there was a history with, between markedly Sioux and Cherokee tribes um, of arranged marriages. This could have been more widespread, but these are the two I'm focusing on. Um, were, right, it was that same thing as a dowry of, like, um, giving gifts, whatever those looks like. Um, they call it the bride price. And that would be like food and blankets, clothing, and then horses. Mm-hmm. Are some of the things I found. So, right, your dowry is whatever um, is applicable at the time to your culture and your land. Um, and that would go to the bride's parents. So, similar. We're seeing some themes. Um, who can make the decision to accept or reject? Which, you know, is giving holes to me. You know what I mean? Um, you know, in holes... When, you know, on holes, the reason why Shia LaBeouf is cursed is because I should not be talking about Shia LaBeouf when talking about natives. But 
stay with me. You should rarely be talking about Shia LaBeouf. He's, it's no less about him, more about the mastery of He's things. an abuser, and I am here to remind you about every abuser oh. ever. Thank you, because I don't necessarily think I knew that or remembered that. So, didn't he abuse? Let's, let's focus on the book of Holes. That, right, he was like, I want to marry a daughter. And they were like, get a fat pig. And he was like, I don't have a fat pig. And then that's the crux of the movie. Anyway, that's how we got here. So, dowries. It's, it's fine. Um, so, okay, chastity. Do you know what chastity is? No. So, like, pureness. Doesn't that, like. Prudity. Yeah. Clenched legs. I always think of, like, chastity belt. Like, yeah, can't yeah. can't fuck. Yeah. Not not fucking. Stay young. Stay like stay I always young. think of like a baby. Stay stay pure. Not like a baby, but stay, a young child. They're pure. Stay unfucked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, this source, which was AmericanNativeArts.com, um, said that Sioux girls and women. Well, they didn't say women, but I'm not gonna keep calling them girls. <laughs> um, we're taught that chastity before marriage was like the greatest virtue. Um, and that losing that chastity and virtue would prevent them from being worthy, um, of praying to the great spirit, which is like, um, all the, their supreme being life force. Yeah. You know, the concept of life force. So chastity. And if you're not chaste, Ooh, God's not ew, I didn't like that. Be chaste. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing, we're getting back into that purity culture. Uh, they talked a little bit about courtship. I thought this was really nice. Um, in Sioux culture, um, if the girl was trying to court a specific man who was of marrying age, whatever the fuck that is, she would stand outside her family's teepee under close supervision and wrapped in a blanket and then she would wait for him to walk by and she would open her blanket. Like a flasher! <gasps> Technically, <laughs> technically, there are similarities, and I'm assuming she was clothed. And then, if he was like, "Hell yeah, I want to be courted," he'd go into the blanket, and she closed the blanket, and then they were like, "It's on, bring in the horses," or that's however it cute. Went. I didn't think that's science. It's just because that, that sounds cute. like something I would do at a high school football game. Like, but then imagine getting rejected. And you just gotta like tie up your blanket and go back in the teepee. Then like, you're naked and cold under there. I don't think they were naked under there. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're not flashes, because they I don't think they were naked. Because they're chased and their parents were right one teepee away. I don't know that being ma- naked means being unchaste. That's true. Maybe I'm uh, tying nudity to sexuality. I don't have to. Yeah. Think about it. Things to think about. So, blanket, courtship, adorable. And then, um, different tribes also had things tied to different times of the year. So, um, the Hopis, um, would do things on, like, tied with sunrise. So, if the courtship started on this day, it had to start on, like, during the sunrise of that. And then it had to end exactly two weeks later at sunset. Like, or sometimes it was by the season. So, like, spring equinox, which is fall equinox or whatever, whatever. It's like a cycle. Yeah. I thought that was nice, too, kind of tying it into nature, which I hadn't necessarily seen in such a literal way. Yeah, I think that's nice. Yeah. So we'll get into the stupid white people shit, because that's the shit I feel like I can really critique and not have to, you know, watch what I say, because why be nice to a colonizer? 
Why be nice to a white person? And also, I think that white white wedding culture has gotten so removed from the idea of culture that it's just like a lot of the things I looked up for. I looked up like American wedding culture just to see some statistics. So much of it was like um, a lot of weddings have an arch. It makes for a great photo op. Yeah. So it wasn't like there wasn't any. The woman I thought of was there is a lot of and I always thought it was. Como se dice? Gay. (laughs) I always thought it was stupid because, you know, okay, so like you were talking about African-American culture with the sticks. Yeah. It made me think of like when people pour like different color sand into the jar. I think that's so cringy. It's so cringy and bad, but like. I feel like there's always. Is symbolism not sometimes like cringy and bad? There's always some form of a symbolism. Right. Whereas like. The African-American symbolism was nice because they didn't really have much to go off of. Yes. The sand is silly. I Right. It's the sand or the mixing of candles or the tying of oh, ropes. Oh, the candles. I forgot all the, the candles. The tying of ropes. The, uh-huh. like, I don't know, licking of a wall. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. There's It just, or it does make sense. It's chuggy to me. In its modern day existence. It's, it's chuggy to me too because like what is that like jar of sand sitting on your fucking mantle in like purple and white? Like, Ugh. you know? It's how it is. And I think that puts like a definite date on your wedding. Literally. You know? Mm, yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think of something that would be like super dated, you know, that's not sand. Like, um, like we use slime. <laughs> It was 2003. You were a Nickelodeon kid. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, 2019, like, making slime with Borax. And then you're like, he's, I'm the purple fluffy slime. And he's, what are you, why are you looking That just me? makes me think of working in camp. So, like, I just don't. Slime was like a giant, it still is a giant cultural phenomenon. Yeah, but, like, for kids, it's child Okay, well, I was just trying to ground it in a cultural fucking reference, Angela. What would you like to fucking call it? You know what? I wouldn't like to call it. Anyways. Okay. Okay, so here's going to be my disclaimer. As previously stated, (laughs) I (laughs) spoke to people who had weddings, people who were in weddings, And I would like to say any opinion stated here is not an opinion about you or your decisions that you made. If you were happy with them, great. If you weren't, that's on you. We don't have to move this to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, we are talking about the institution. Not even the institution. We're talking about the event of a wedding. Not even the institution of marriage. Definitely not you specifically. Right. I'm just talking about my opinions. And I... I really tried to go in this and ask, like, unbiased questions. Yeah, and so why not... was your husband a deadbeat? <laughs> so why did your husband right. not help you at all? And these were just my findings, and I'm going to try not to name anybody because I didn't get to ask everybody if they were okay with me using their names. Because the NDAs didn't come in in time. They did not. Our lawyer cannot get in contact with everybody that I talked to on Instagram. Slacking. I would also like to have a disclaimer of I talk to mostly women. Um, I only talked to one man. Only one man answered my requests for um, information. There was another man who listens weekly that did not answer my request. So if you're here. Him, him, I'm counting my father. Oh, I talked to three men. Okay. Ernest is like the first person to respond to me. Oh, 
Listen. But I sent him a bunch of questions. I was like, were you involved in your wedding? I blah, love blah, blah. that his was like a screenshot and his answers were one worded. I know. Just like in the order. He was just like, boom, boom, Good. boom, boom, like, boom. He's like, how old are you? 40. How many people? 250. Who planned it? Lisa. Like he was like, why do you need more I can't believe I was 40 when they got married. My dad is 13 years older than my mother. I know, but it just, that's good for him. Late in life love. <laughs> Geriatric weddings. <laughs> it's different when you're on my young. Is it? Because if he got pregnant, they'd call it a geriatric pregnancy. That's true. Okay. It's Let's good thing get... my dad doesn't know how to find podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, yeah, have some words for me. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start with people who are in weddings. And I'm just going to kind of do an overview of my takeaways. Let's get into it. I'm going to start with Bachelor in Paradise at parties. Which, um, why is it a gender neutral word for right. bridal party parties? Getting shit faced with your friends parties. That's just going on. Wedding parties. And the only yeah. people I know of one couple that I didn't talk to for this, they celebrated together. Okay. Um, my cousin Sarah and Michael did. Okay. They mm-hmm. celebrated when, together. When they were in Dubuque. Um, the gay couple I talked to celebrate is, is going to celebrate together. Yeah. But other than that, separate, um, not, and not equal. (laughs) No, certainly not equal. And we'll talk about that on part two. (laughs) Stay tuned. So for people that were involved, most people were not asked to bring anything, which I found to be surprising. Yeah. Because I feel like any bachelor bachelorette party I've been asked to bring something to other than myself. Like what? Like a, a game or like an outfit or like a Like a game, an outfit, a gift. Like a I've gift. been told to wear like specific things or like hey, we're all going to get the bride a little gift. So like remember that and I'm like oh, how goodness. many fucking gifts do we have to get? But so I really found it surprising that people were not asked to bring anything. Yeah. I think maybe if it was just like, hey, we're all going out to the bars and to dinner or whatever, it right. makes sense to not have to bring anything. I And I've only really been invited to, like, big, big out-of-town bachelorette parties. So. so I had planned a big out-of-town bachelorette party that I did not end up going on. And I did – I. Th- it's hard because it was a far away. But I think, to me, it feels understandable to ask to bring a, a small thing. Like, if it's, like, a – but I also asked, I asked everybody, like, do you want to do, or are you okay with, like, a themed day? Like, we're all wearing purple, or we're all wearing a $10 Amazon wig. Because if people don't want to do that, then I'm not going to fucking, that's extra. Or, like, we're all going to wear zebra print, neon, purple, and black bikinis. Let me pull up something I forgot I had shared with me. It is the itinerary and request to bring list from the bachelor party that I did not end up going on. I'm so excited because they were asking a lot of you. Um, yeah, it makes sense to me or to be like, bring, if you have Uno, bring Uno. You know what I mean? Or bring a so, bottle. Honestly, I'd be like, bring a bottle. Yeah, bring a bottle. Bring money to go out with. Bring bride, Be prepared to buy the bride shots. Like, And that's about it. Absolutely. 
For sure. Not um, five different outfits. One thing I remember specifically was on this bridal or bachelorette party, we were all asked to buy something off of an Amazon wish list. A wish list? Um, which, like, the idea was kind of cute or whatever. It was all, like, things to keep us safe, like, drink covers. But then it was also, like, penis straws and shit. And it was like, why am I supplying why the party? are you taking me somewhere where you think I'm going to get roofied? Right. Primero. Um, segundo, those penis straws are hack at this point. Yeah. Like, I get that it's, like, it's almost, like, it's funny because it's corny. Yeah. But also, I don't want to spend my money on it. Like, maybe, like, so when I was planning... No, and it's, like, that's important to you as a bride supply it. Exactly. When I was planning, um, as the maid of honor, I was, like, yeah, I'm going to get the corny shit. I was going to pay for that out of my own pocket because... Yeah. I was planning it, and I thought it was a fun thing. And the maid of honor who planned this bachelorette party that I'm going to use as the example, okay. bachelorette party I didn't go on, um, I'm still really close to her with her to this day, and yeah. she had already done and paid for so much and done yeah. so much labor for yeah. that I think this was just her lifeline of, like, please, dear God, yeah. someone else pay for something. Yeah. I cannot do it, which I yeah. think is fair enough. And I do not blame her for asking other people to pitch in on the purchase. Yeah. But it still was too much of an ass. Well, you know? right. She was, the bride put the maid of honor in such a position that the maid of honor was then having to ask others to do these things that she found herself to even be unreasonable. Yeah. And this is... So who like, is that fault? The people who told the bride that she had to do all day. This in like, the height of like, bring this certain outfit was all in like... The outfit thing is new. It's weird. Okay. Let me just... Okay. Bring a cowboy hat or boots for glam cowgirl theme. On a plane? Bring a pink swimsuit and a white cover-up for rooftop pool. Bring an all-black outfit. Semi-formal. Bring an outfit to work out in. Work? For stripper pool class. Hmm. That... Okay. This is also... Like, if it's also a far away trip, now I gotta check a bag. You want me to bring cowboy boots and a cowboy hat in my carry-on along with my eight other outfits that aren't even outfits I intended on bringing? Yeah. That's insanity. So when I was trying to plan this, my the bachelorette I was a part of, I sent out a Google survey that was like, here are some things we could do. Would you be interested? Because I'm not in the, you know, I'm not in the business of dragging bitches where they don't want to go and make them do shit they don't want to do. That feels silly to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I also got a lot of like, I don't care. We'll just do whatever. Which I'm like, you know you have a say because you're literally spending $1,000 to right, go and this Right, and like trip. I'm asking you what you want to do. If I yeah. didn't care, I wouldn't ask. So, and the idea, or bring fishnets. <laughs> bring a butterfly net. Do not ta, forget the frozen tofu firm only. <laughs> So most people that I talked to were not asked to bring anything. I found that most of the time, uh, brides either had their bachelorette parties planned by maid of honor, best men. Um, <laughs> best men. Those were most of the people who did the planning of the bachelor bachelorette parties. Um, one most people kept it fairly local, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin area, which I think is. Great and fantastic and amazing. Most people kept it to, like, one night, even in a hotel. Like, you all come to this town, whatever. I thought that was standard. I agree. One bride I talked to, though, um, she went to Nashville for her bachelorette party, but she also said, I did the bulk of the planning because I did not feel comfortable expecting anyone 
to plan all of my events, engagement party, bridal shower, bachelorette party. I just wasn't comfortable with that. I felt like that was asking a lot. And I was like, and good for you because that is asking a lot. Because you don't have to have six events. But if you do want to have six events, then you want to have that. Exactly. You don't need to make everyone else's problem. Your best friend and your godmother do not want to plan eight fucking events for you. No. And then it's it's become so many events, right? Even if it was just the one it might be, it's a lot to ask, but, like, it might be a reasonable ask. Yeah. To do it once. Yeah. So, and the one boy that I got to interview that was in a wedding said that they went to Wisconsin for the bachelor party and did a lot of hiking and outdoorsy things, which I think is, like, really adorable. And I was like, so, that's so sweet. You actually talked to four men because my cousin Michael... um was on the phone when I was talking to Sarah and gave me some answers, which is to say he didn't talk very much because he's a pretty quiet guy. But same thing, um, when he had his, like, they live in Minnesota, his local bachelor party, because they also had two bachelor parties and bachelor parties. Um, I think, what did he say they went? They went to, like, an escape room in Topgolf. Oh, yes, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think that's, like, adorable, right? And that's... What I was truly under the assumption that, like, bachelor parties were, because those are the kind of men that I, like, associate with, if I associate with men at all, but we'll get into, that is truly not how all bachelors spend their bachelor parties, and I just, I just, I didn't know that people were still doing, like, the trashy hangover bachelor party. Well, I feel like those are the two, I I feel like I envisioned those two, but not the, like, destination bachelorette party. Because to me, it was like, get drunk at the bars or go do something fun and local or whatever. Yeah. Not fly across the world. You know what I mean? Exactly. Even like a cute town that we all live near or like that's in the middle. Even if it's like an hour to drive. Like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I was really curious to ask people who had been in weddings, how much did you spend to, quote, be a part of the couple's big day, end quote? Participate in the the, the <laughs> consummation of their everlasting and eternal love flame. That's but, what I hear every time someone says, like, be a part of my big day. I'm like, you can eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so someone said their total cost, $600 for the one wedding. Someone else also said $600. Someone said in all the weddings they had been with, about $300 to $600. Yeah. Because you have to remember that includes bridal shower gift, wedding gift, travel expenses. Even I feel like if they get married in your town, like, you don't want to drive drunk. You will, like, usually there's a hotel involved somewhere or, like, an Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you're in the wedding, dress, tux, bachelor, bachelorette, party favors, drinks, travel, whatever that entails. Because yeah. as we recently established, that can be literally anything. Makeup, hair, nails, jewelry, yeah. shoes. Absolutely. Undergarments. Eight outfits for the fucking bachelor trip. I think, so it's weird because in my head you said that and I was like, yeah, it seems standard. Like in my head I was like, yeah, 200 to 500 is standard. It's a shit ton of fucking money. That's a fuck ton of for money. For something that I'm doing because I love you That is a I don't whole have one to. of my paychecks. And then you're not even saying if they did like a destination trip. That is two weeks of work. If you want me to catch a flight, so what? Catch a ride to the airport? Pay for airport food, catch a flight, check a bag for my fucking cowboy boots, get an Airbnb, pay the... 
Yeah. That's like I was looking at before I backed out of that bachelorette trip. Um, probably like two thousand. Oh on yeah. The whole for all of it. Oh yeah. And it was like a super dramatic time pulling out of that bachelorette trip, but I do think it saved our friendship. I really do. I thought it was amazing that you pulled out. I also pulled out of a bachelorette trip at about the same time, and I just simply could not afford it and was not huge ass. willing to spend that money for someone whose friendship I did not value that much. Yeah. And furthermore, for something that I knew was going to be kind of a bridezilla event and to spend time with people I didn't love that much. Like, I yeah. do have a friend that's getting married um, next year, and I will be in her wedding. And whatever she is asking of me within reason, I'm pretty much willing to do because yeah. I really value our friendship, and I think that she's an amazing person. Now, I also know that she's really considerate of what other people can mm. and cannot do. That's my question, right? Is, like, say you're this bride who's, like, budgeting that each of your wedding party people or whoever you have involved is going to spend like 500 bucks each all together on your being part of your whole wedding for however long that takes um what if you have a friend who just truly can't because like yeah there are i would say the bulk of the people who like don't just have disposable income to spend on a 250 dollars dress and a hundred dollar wedding gift and a hundred dollars in drinks you know when you go out like People don't have that kind of money. And what no. do you and then you're putting your friend in that position to be like, I don't have the fucking money. And then what do you do? Do you kick them out of your wedding? Right. Well and like what are you gonna do when your friends is not have that money? age matters and age is relative to money, but a little bit is. Yeah. I'm fucking twenty-four. You're twenty-four. You're asking a lot out of twenty-four year olds mm-hmm. who maybe have their first big girl job. Maybe. Yeah. And it just and then I'll take it one step further. What the fuck do I get out of it? All of it is to quote unquote be a part of your big day. That's a day. It's a day. And even a then. A day where it's not about me. Well, I think we had talked about this before, but like what other life events can you like dictate your friends and family's time and money to that extent for like, sometimes it's years. Sometimes like from the engagement party to the like, brunch after the wedding day or whatever that could be like a year's process of like time and energy and what other thing like if I threw a new year's eve party and I was bothering you for money and time for two years you'd block me yeah you know yeah and okay so sidebar how do you feel about the terms like junior bridesmaid mini bride bridesmaid and matron of honor which are all essentially the same thing but in different ages um, I think they're fucking stupid. Yeah. Else we don't have it for the men. There's no junior group. Like, I think they're fucking stupid. If I could. <laughs> it is silly. And I didn't realize there were so many names until we started this. I didn't either. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's kind of transition into people that had weddings. Um, and my kind of big takeaways from that. I only spoke to one gay couple. That was all I had time for. Mm-hmm. I also don't. <laughs> I, I only got time for one of them gays. I will. What I, I was going to follow up with was I also don't know that many gay married people. I know a lot of fucking gay people. Yeah. I don't know that many married queers. That's fair. Not coming for you. I thought it was just so funny to be like, I squeezed one of the gays into my schedule. Just one. 
Uh, and yes, all the people I talked to in my life were are cisheads. So, yeah, you know. And I'm also coming at weddings through a lens of I hate the heteronormativity of it all. Yeah, a queer lens. It's dumb. So, how much involvement did you want from your groom slash spouse? Was an mm-hmm. interesting question for me. Alyssa, who is marrying a woman, said that they are making all of their decisions together while she is primarily running it. They run down all the costs and all the decorations, and Sounds they're doing gay. everything together. And I was like, "That's amazing." Um, on that one. Oh, do you want to talk talking about Alyssa? No. So when I talked to Sarah and Michael and asked them that question, um. It was funny because Sarah said she was like, Sarah's a little bit more outgoing and more planning. And whereas Michael's a little bit more like introverted, right? And so she was like, no, I didn't want him very involved. Like, because I knew exactly what I wanted. Which makes sense if you've been groomed, essentially, your whole life to like idealize this wedding. Of course, you know exactly what you fucking want. So she's like, I didn't want much involvement. Like where I asked him to help, he helped. Right? So I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I asked him because I was on speaker. I was like. Um, did you want to be more involved or whatever? And he was like, no, I was fine with not being involved at all. But the funny thing he said was, um, if he had known everyone was going to look at him when she said he didn't help at all and like, like he was a deadbeat husband, he would have gladly helped. Because now that they're married, people are like, she's like, I did everything. Cause she did, but she's like, I did everything. And then it kind of makes him feel like, you know, it's a little bit like, okay, well, because you wanted to, but it has that feeling of like you're a deadbeat husband or whatever. Right. Which is something, so a few different brides said that they were glad that their groom did not have many opinions and that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But that was often followed by, I wish I had more support when making phone calls, doing bookings, yeah. writing out um, invitations, that kind of thing. And I think that if we exclude people... From the plans, we exclude people from planning. If we say, I don't really need your opinion, that kind of immediately excuses them from any follow-up. Yeah. And so it kind of is giving to me, like, learned helplessness, whether Mm -hmm. it's, like, intentional or not. Yeah. Because they're able to say, like, well, whatever makes you happy and only you know what makes you happy, so you have to do it. You see what I'm saying? Which is... And not sense. necessarily what happens all the time. Like, I don't think that's yeah. what Michael was trying to say. But still, like, I just, you didn't have the foresight to think that, like, your wife was going to say, I did do it all. And that was true. And mm-hmm. just, you know. Like, and, right, that he, like, would have been glad to have done yeah. it because, but not necessarily realizing, right. Right, like, I don't think he's yeah. a monster for not doing it. Yeah. But I also think it's really weird to say, like, oh, had I known that people were going to look at me sideways, it's like, like. Yeah, you let her play it along. You did it by beginning. your yeah. She did it by herself. Um, I will say it's interesting. The only well, I did get so from Sarah and Michael, my cousins, and then um, I got a couple other people I talked to, both the bride and the groom, or the the two people involved in the wedding. Um, the only people I've talked to though that were, I I messaged them separately were my parents. Yeah. So everyone else like Sarah and Michael I talked to them at the same time. Right. My parents though I texted separately. And so I just kind of was looking, thinking about, about that. My dad says, my mom planned most of the wedding. He had very little involvement, but he would like to have done more. Which he said in text, Lisa, very little more. 
And then <laughs> so it was a little hard to follow, but also that but, makes so much sense for your dad because he's an acts of service motherfucker. Yes, he is. But then going to my mom's answers, she said she planned the wedding. That that tracks with both of them. How involved with the groom? He picks the colors. So very little. That tracks. Did you want him to be more involved? Mom said no. So he said, my dad was like, yeah, I wouldn't have mind being more involved. And my mom was like, for what? Like, no. Do you think he would have wanted to be more involved because he thinks that more involvement was required from him or because he genuinely would have liked to have been more involved? That's interesting. Pro- I mean, I think knowing my dad, it might have been that like, right, he v- genuinely might have like actually wanted to be a part of it. But also then it's kind of like as a man who's never really had a serious conversation about what that really entails in that kind of way that women always get, um, you might think you want to be more involved until you've made 50 phone calls in one day. And right, got, and, and you, you realize the work that that entails. Right, so involved what? In the same little ways you were involved before? Right, or, like in the same little, like, what's the color, what's the cake? Because even that is still, like, going from 10% of the involvement to, to 15% is nowhere near 50-50. No. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It mostly seemed like men cared about what they wore. Yes. It always, which I think is wild because if you don't want to say about shit else, you're going to let me address you and that's how it's going to be. Honestly. Maya's aunt said her husband insisted on wearing a pinstripe suit, which I think is fucking hilarious because what are you, a 1920s gangster? Like... My dad. Are you gonna hold up the joint? Like, are you? <laughs> my dad wore a full tux with the with the coattails and a cummerbund, and had like the black the shoes with the white striped like the you know like the black and white penguin shoes. It's giving prom. Like it's giving. <laughs> it's cute. It's like it's like they we they never really got to give a fuck about prom that's what I was gonna because they were teenagers or, like, or whatever. They never really get a chance to dress up like that. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's cute to be like. Grown men care about what they wear and want to dress up in their, however they think, you know, dressed up looks like. Um, but also, I can't even imagine being a bride and being like, I have a whole fucking vision and I'm executing a huge, if you're Sarah, two events. And you want to wear a fucking pinstripe suit and you're like not going to budge. Right. And you're not calling any vendors. You're not coordinating anything. And you, that's what you want to wear. That's where you're going to make the decision. Get fucked. And I also think that, like, men traditionally have dumb ideas. Exactly. Well, they'll be like, you can plan absolutely everything, but I will be wearing a forest green suit. And you're like, no, it's a summer wedding and the colors are champagne and orange. And they're like, okay, that's fine. I will be wearing a forest green suit. Right. And it's like, sure, that might be fine. But, like, when you have a whole event and you have a color palette in your head, whatever. That is something I, I thought about for american culture weddings is a specific color palette where like other places in the world like like china right does a lot of red or like you know they have like or it's a brightly colored wedding or something like that yeah the idea of like these are our three shades of whatever like the here's here are their hex codes it's not orange it's burnt sienna which like, i think is so boring and like definitely gives like wedding vibes like exactly. anytime you see like three shades of like exactly the same color you're like is this a fucking wedding i swear to god even when i look at like paint cards with three different shades i'm like what is this a wedding exactly cream champagne and fill in the blank Ugh. it's still in the way <laughs> it's just so it, it's so cookie cutter right that it we is. other places are like 
I don't know. It's a winter wedding. We're all gonna wear I don't know seasonally appropriate whatever colors. Because Not you could like, have been to like jewel tones. Right. Like, it could be a vibe. Yeah. But they're like, no, it is hex color. Vibe. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about hex codes, but you really no, I meant there actually. I caught a vibe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two brides would change who they had in their wedding. Who they married. <laughs> one bride did say that I was um, like wait was it both my aunts because my, wait, one of my aunts um, I forgot that my aunt Gretchen was pregnant when my aunt Jenny got married and Jenny was like and she was being a large Marge and I just I want to say large Marge all the time now because she was like she ruined my wedding by being a large Marge I think that's amazing I would not have had that large Marge my wedding <laughs> I would have had a smaller Marge. <laughs> One bride made a point to say that if she could go back, she would pick the most responsible people in her life to be in her wedding party rather than like the closest people in her life. Mm-hmm. And she said she ended up paying for one of her bridesmaids' dresses because the girl just like did not get a dress and was just kind of spacey and wasn't really like dude on top of it i also this is not someone i interviewed but i know in another wedding that i attended they had to replace a groomsman at the last minute because someone that had agreed to be in the wedding initially would not get their tux and actually ended up not attending the wedding at all and instead of just like saying so was like really beat around the bush about it that's also childish like it's fair to be like i don't want to do it but then all you literally have to say is i don't want to do it yeah well and in that wedding um i was mad that i wasn't a groomsman <laughs> and I yeah. was like I would have gotten my fucking tux so yeah. eat it bitches um this same person also made the conscious decision not to have family members in their wedding mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting um okay. she said she had been in weddings where she's seen bring out the worst in people and cause friends you can cut off well I <laughs> thought it would be easiest to just pick family like I wouldn't pick family I, I think not today. I don't think I have that same idea. But, like, growing up, I always thought, like, well, instead of having to choose friends, I would just pick family because then everybody else could shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's not about you. Um, I now no longer want to have a big wedding where there's even a wedding party. So it's irrelevant. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting to not pick family. I think especially in, like, sibling dynamics, especially with, unfortunately, like, I don't yeah. want to say this, but, like, sisters and like where the attention is going well my mom and her sister were co-maid of honors oh i for their third sister i think it was jenny and my mom were that's just a way to get two people to do a lot of work they already were as a fucking sister um yeah i do think it's interesting i don't think family has to be in a wedding party i can understand understand why not yeah. Like, if you have a better relationship, a more responsible relationship with your friends and your family, that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, in part two, we'll get into how I've re-ima- reimagined what I would want my, <laughs> my wedding party to look like. Um, and then, surprisingly, there were pretty mixed reviews about changing things. Two people said mm-hmm. they would change everything about their wedding. One person said they wish they would have eloped, which I thought was really interesting. Sarah and, and Michael said that, too. And they're all like... I was happy with my wedding. I wish I would have eloped. And I'm just like, yeah. were you then happy? And like a lot of people were like, no, I didn't do my wedding for my family. 
But actually, here's all the ways I planned but around if I my had, family. But if I had done it for me, I wouldn't have done it. I know, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. Two people said they wouldn't change anything, which I think is really beautiful. I talked that to someone nice. who truly just enjoyed her wedding day and said she would do it over and over again. And I was like, that's amazing. She used to write a book. So I think... She was a podcast. Well, exactly. Like, I think the takeaway from this is that, like, the big white wedding is not for everyone, but for those, like, two people that loved it, wanted their big white wedding, got their big white wedding, had their party, had fun, and it was amazing. Like, yes, keep Mm -hmm. doing it. But we've, like, made this prescription for everyone. But that's the only thing you can do. Yeah, I found that from talking to my aunts, too, was, like, Jenny said a lot, um, it's just what you did. Exactly. It's just what you did. There was truly, or um, my grandparents planned a lot of it, um, and it's what they did. So, like, exactly. there was no questioning what they did, because exactly. they, they had more experience or whatever, right. whatever. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. It, and it all ties back to, like, that whole family aspect. Finally, I want to finish on this note. One person said to me that... A little bit before their wedding, they weren't sure if they still wanted to get married, but it felt as though they couldn't back out because of the money and time that their family had spent. And that really broke my heart. And I want to tell anybody that's listening that might be feeling that way. You can always not get married. You can always not get married. Sure, it's going to suck having to say to people that spend time and money on you, hey, this is no longer what I'm doing. But if they really, truly love you, they will be fine and they will value your happiness anyway. And if they don't, you can send them to me. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them and fuck that. You don't yeah. want to I be think, at 40 years old like, look at this decision I made on behalf of other people. And have chosen to just suffer through. Yeah. And it's like, you can literally postpone your wedding a week. You can postpone your wedding a year. You can stay with that person and never get married. You can break up. Like, there's That's so many... Thinking, like, other options than just like going into a, a wedding not excited about it exactly saying not right now doesn't mean not ever it just means mm-hmm. this is not right for right now and if it also means not now not ever i need to get the fuck away from you yeah fine let's do that then too like we can do anything it's like i think this idea is interesting and it applies to more than just weddings i was talking to my friend um joe recently and ever since literally the first day I met Joe, everybody knew Joe was going to med school. Joe was going to be a doctor. He's, like, mm-hmm. the hardest working person I've ever met. That's his whole thing. He, you know, went to grad school. And so I hadn't talked to him in a while. When I recently called him, um, I was like, I know grad school applications are coming up. So I was like, oh, are you applying this round? And he was like, no. And he sounded, like, disappointed. But, like, you ever, like, disappointed that you were telling someone? Yeah. And I was like, I'm not over here, like, holding a gun to your head. Like, you told me when we were 19 that you were right. going to, like, fucking be a doctor at 25. How dare. Like, I want you to do the things you want to do. And yeah. the last time we had talked, that's what you wanted to do. And if that's changed, that's, like, I'm not about to be like, well, it changed. You know what I mean? So I was like, don't, you know, I mean, I don't want you to come into our relationship with that, like, I'm letting you down because I changed my mind. Because people. Yeah. It's life. You're going to change your mind. And I think these things are something we should talk about more because people end up feeling alone and people only talk about their wedding days or being yeah. a doctor or applying into grad school, whatever, in this rose-colored lenses. And it's not always that way. Sometimes you have really cold feet. Sometimes you made a bad decision. Yeah. Sometimes you went too far with something and you didn't know how to get out of it. 
that's okay. But the more we can talk about it and yeah. get through it, you will feel not alone and you won't have to do it. Right. And he was talking about doing it for, so he could take care of himself. And yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. I'm glad you're doing what you want to do. And I'm glad what you want to do is take care of yourself. Period. Right. That's period. And what I'm not, you should be doing. And I'm not going to like bring that up again because now I know that this is our new goal. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And the people who care about you will do that and not be like, well, you said. Because that's a weird fucking thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all for part one. We have 10 episodes on Spotify. And just all the other places. Podcast. <laughs> I really do forget that things exist outside of me. Okay. <laughs> I know because I only use Spotify, but then I'm like, and I only ever link Spotify to stuff. I know. But my sister dead ass was like, I don't have a Spotify. And I was like, fine. So I sent her the Apple podcast link. And then she was like, I deleted the podcast app because I've never used it. I was like, well, bitch, you got a garage band? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> also, like, can you just search it? Can you maybe just fucking search it? Like, I know. So it is everywhere you listen to podcasts um, for free. It is all those places. Um, and you're welcome that we're keeping it free. And please, you know, stay tuned. Stay excited for next week because we're still going to be talking about weddings. But we're if you thought that, um, I know that you, you would listen to this and you were like, this was such a factual, impartial take on weddings (laughs) um and so next episode it's gonna be not that it's gonna be so different from this episode because we're actually gonna say how we feel yep and you know we never do that you know that's what we try to like really be so impartial and judicious you know i don't try to be judicious than anything i do (laughs) judicious okay we still got another podcast to record tonight so um make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and download the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We are Nisha D's Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, shadies. Love you.